Jeff Tarpley from Gigum247.com. Jeff, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? Pretty good. How are you, you guys all thought out? Uh, yeah, barely, but yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's a terrific day today. And you're like, well, okay. Uh, last week we're we're freezing. This week it's uh, 75, and you know we're basking in the sunshine. It's, welcome to Texas, J- Jeff. Uh, the Big 12 today announced some tweaking of their their basketball schedule, putting in you know a minimum number of games to qualify for the championship, and basically. They're going to do in basketball what what uh, baseball and softball typically do, and that's use a winning percentage to determine their regular season champion. Just looking at the SEC, where do they go? What do they do? I mean, I'm I'm looking. Georgia's played 15 games, and the Aggies have played eight. So there's obviously some discrepancies there. I think the SEC is going to probably go by winning percentage, and but they will take into account. Let's say, you know, who who stands to benefit, who stands to be hurt by all this, uh, because they definitely don't want to put their teams that are best positioned to make the tournament into positions where it's going to hurt them from a seeding standpoint. And, And especially if you look at a team like Kentucky, you know, the traditional powers this season, Kansas, you know, they're not doing as well as what they've done in the past. Duke won its fourth straight game, which is normally would be nothing except that's actually a big deal. You look at Kentucky now in the SEC, which has struggled all season. So I think they're trying to figure out a way to best get their teams in position where they can get into the tournament, and it will help those teams out necessarily. For a team like A&M that just had all kinds of struggles, uh, I almost think it's a, hey, look, we want to try to get you guys some games, but on the other hand, it's going to be more of a case of, hey, let's see what we can do to get the teams at the top of the top of the heap uh, as many games as possible, or at least the type of games that are going to help them get into the tournament, make a splash there. The Aggies are at eight and seven overall. They've only played fifteen games, and obviously they're shut down again tonight. Uh, and it has just been that kind of year for for A and M basketball, where they just haven't been able to get anything consistent going because they haven't been able to get on the floor. When when you get into and again nobody's talking publicly, but when you when you get into the whole contact tracing thing, and it and it takes you out for for two weeks. Uh, you know, every time you have something happen, like one person, then that then that just kind of has a snowball effect, and particularly with regard to basketball, because even in football, you can kind of space things, you you can kind of space people out. They can work, you know, have practices, and and kinda, and the social distancing can take effect. Uh, with regard to basketball, that's a much more difficult proposition. And for whatever reason, A&M's just had all kinds of issues this year. Even though, to the best of my understanding, everybody else's understanding, basketball's doing the exact same thing as football. They're following the exact same protocols. It just not it just has not worked out as well for them as it did Jimbo Fisher's football team. And speaking of football there it- – Obviously, when you're going into next season for the Aggies, there's going to be a lot of talk around Kellen Mund and replacing him. But one of the things I'm curious about is how do you see this offensive line looking next season as they lose a lot of key parts off of it? 
you know, I wrote about this going on, well, it may have been even a couple of weeks ago, where Kenyon Green, who was consensus All-America at guard last season, he's going to be moving to the outside, going to be playing left tackle. He was originally recruited as a tackle by a and coming out of high school. He was rated as a five-star in the 24-7 sports composite at tackle. He should be more than adequate on that left side. A&M is hoping that Tennessee grad transfer Jameer Johnson, who has started quite a few games in his Tennessee career, mostly on the left side at tackle. Well, excuse me. He started mostly in 2020 on the left side at tackle, but he also started quite a bit on the interior in 2018. He's a very experienced player. He's not a all-conference caliber guy, but on the other hand, he's got really good feet, really good punch. He can certainly hold the fort down at the other tackle spot. The interior is going to be uh, one of the one of the Matthews at center. Uh, you're going to have Layden Robinson, who was an absolute tank last year in limited playing time at one spot. Uh, other than that, A&M is not really set in any of the positions. They they brought in some early enrollees, but kids like Reuben Fathery and Bryce Foster are going to be the guys that they're going to count on when they arrive there in the summertime. But those guys don't get there till the summertime. So a and I think, is going to have 11 scholarship players in the line during the spring. Uh, normally, that's not that big of a deal. You want to find your five starters, and you want to find – at best you're going to go six, maybe seven guys deep. What A&M hopes to do is, is, is get those five starters, get some continuity, um, and then play those guys all season like they were able to do last year. problem with that is some of the guys have an injury history. They're not exactly – they don't have exactly five proven guys on the interior. It's not like they bring back green and, and school backups. And they're counting on some guys that won't be there until the summer to start. And Jameer Johnson should be adequate, but he's had an injury history. He's missed quite a few games, particularly in the 2019 season when he was with the Volunteers. So for A&M, they should be able to find a five and, and go from there. But if one little thing goes off kilter, then that could have a domino effect and uh, it could make things very, very problematic for everyone else and not not just on offense, but the remainder of the team as well. And defensively, they're going to lose Buddy Johnson. They'll lose Bobby Brown, but they're going to return a lot of their leading tacklers. How much of their success next season is going to be on the reliability and the experience from the defensive end? Defense is going to have to carry, may have to carry them. They've got the Got a really good trio of running backs coming back. Isaiah Spiller, Devon Chain, uh, Anaya Smith, who also starts in the slot. They've got a lot of guys returning at tight end and, and wide out. You know, Jalen Wattemeyer, who's one of the country's best. But nonetheless, the offensive line, if they can keep that unit healthy and together, it's still, it still may take them a while to gel. They're going to have to find a quarterback. Again, most people think that's going to be Haynes King. He's still going to need people to block for him. So the defense, ironically enough, 
you know, you talk about the wrecking crew and what that group was able to do, even dating back in the 70s when they weren't known as the wrecking crew, some of the great units of the mid-70s and then the 80s and the 90s. A&M's going to have to probably keep scores down so that the offense can find ways to win football games. They should be able to do that, given not just the experience, but there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball, too, particularly on up front with DeMarvin Leal, who's going to be one of the best defenders in the SEC next season. Uh, loads of experience. You've got a bunch of guys coming back who have – you know, it will have five, even six years in the program. And they're not even sure, like a guy like Michael Clemens, who started at defense then the last two years, both on the strong side and the weak side, so to speak. Uh, he may not even be guaranteed of a starting spot because you've got Leal on one side and Tyree Johnson. When Clemens was lost for the year last season, Tyree Johnson was the edge player. And, and did quite nicely over there. So a and going to have a lot of pieces in place to field a elite defense, uh, a top-ten unit. The only question is, is how fast does that offense come along, particularly by the time they have to go up to uh, Denver to face Colorado. And then most important of all, October 9th versus Alabama, when a, a, a to, a, to an extent, a rebuilding Alabama team, not just from a personnel standpoint, also from a coaching standpoint, comes to College Station. That's a game that uh, Jimbo Fisher, staff, back to the program, everybody's going to be aiming for. Talking with Jeff Tarpley from uh, Gigum247.com, and we're going to switch gears on you, Jeff, and talk a little college baseball. The uh, Aggies are in action tonight at Bluebell Park hosting Abilene Christian. Not exactly the weekend that Rob Childress had hoped for, uh, dropping the first two before rallying to to beat Xavier in the final game of the uh, series on Sunday. This team was a young team last year, and they didn't get to play hardly any baseball because of COVID. And so you've got some guys who were freshmen last year, played a few games, and they're essentially freshmen again this season. So that's a significant problem. They also lost uh, two pitchers to the major league draft, and and Asa Lacey and Christian Rowe. So when you put all that in perspective, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens this upcoming weekend. Uh, you know, Bryce Miller, he got off to a really nice start last weekend in the first game against Xavier, and that's who Baylor will ostensibly be facing this Friday night. Uh, Miller got off. He, 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 he's a flamethrower, upper 90s consistently, struck out the first two batters he faced against Xavier. Fortunately, they said, hey, let's work on your secondary pitches because it's Xavier, and – Never got back in a groove, issued a few walks. In fact, that was a problem with with the pitching lineup for the rest of the weekend. And they just never, you know, again, young team, they get a little down. Uh, they couldn't put it together, especially in the field, a young, young group of hitters. I, I think if uh, my memory serves correctly, they scored three runs in about a 15-inning span. Uh, in the first and second games, and that kind of doomed them again. Uh, a lot of strikeouts. They're averaging, I think, it, it just double-digit strikeouts. I think even close to 14, 15 strikeouts a game. But when you're young, 
and you're not used to pitching in that kind of environment, you start walking people, and that's kind of what happened to them last weekend. We'll see if they can avoid those things this weekend. Rob Jones is pretty good pitching coach, so he should be able to make the kind of adjustments to make AM much more competitive this weekend than they were last weekend. And speaking of this weekend, which is the Round Rock Classic, and uh, you know Baylor struggled their opening series with Rio, UT Rio Grande Valley, similar to what Texas A&M did with Xavier. They're going to meet on Friday. But when you look at the field, uh, you got the Aggies there, you got Baylor, you add in Auburn and Oklahoma. How do you think Texas A&M matches up in the uh, with those teams? I think A&M will put up a better showing than what they did last weekend. I think the I, I think the big question for them, well, actually, there's the two of them. First of all they've got to cut down on the on the walks. If they can do that and just keep people off base, this will be a much, much better ball club. I think the other thing is that Rob Childers has never had power-loaded teams. They've always been more small ball teams. Uh, A&M, it was a young lineup. They just didn't make a lot of contact last weekend on that stretch in the first and second games, which kind of doomed them. If they can find ways to make contact, then I think they'll be a lot better off. They'll be putting the ball in play. They'll develop confidence. And again, for a young lineup, just developing confidence is going to be a big key for them. If they can just do that, then I think they'll probably be much more likely to take two out of three going out, going out of round rocks uh, again, but they've got to cut down bases on balls, and, they, and they've got to find a way to make contact, make that stick, in order to have a successful weekend. Hey Jeff, we appreciate the time. Tell us uh, what what's going on uh, with the gigum twenty four seven dot com. Well, well, recruiting is as usual. Recruiting's uh, in full swing. A and M already uh, doing quite well. This class of 20, already moved on class of 2022. Uh, Not quite all four-star commitments. Uh, You're looking at a class that includes Connor Wigman, the quarterback, who probably going to be a top 50 player in the nation this season. Donovan Green, the tight end out of Dickinson, who reminds a lot of people out of Jalen Wattemeyer, who came out of the same high school. Uh, look out for a wideout named Noah Thomas, who's currently a three-star. Uh, he kind of reminds you of Mike Evans a little bit, played basketball, ran track, uh, tall, rangy, physical player for his size. Uh, finally, here, here's a guy to keep an eye on the offensive line, a kid named Hunter Erb from uh, Hazlitt, Texas. Uh, not rated yet because I, I think his film got out there late. But this kid is a massive, massive right tackle prospect, really likes to grind people into the dust. Again, A&M's off to a really good start. And, oh, by the way, Bobby Taylor, one of the best prospects in the country, cornerback, reportedly announcing tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be willing to put my money on A&M at this point. He's another good cornerback prospect. A&M didn't have a lot of those. When, when Jimbo Fisher got to College Station, things have changed. Taylor's a reflection of that. Jeff, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Have a great afternoon. Thanks. You guys do the same. Talk to you soon. That's Jeff Tarpley with Gigum247.com.